spooky season, people, and you know what? It can be kind of scary out there and kind of stressful. I get overwhelmed seeing all the Patagonia vests, the North Face jackets, the performative flannel. Looking at you, J.D. Vans. And the worst people that I know taking that pumpkin spice latte straight to the vein. Pumpkin spice lattes, PSL, more like pretty shitty latte. Just nailing it, knocking it out of the park today. Anyway, when I'm stressed, I like to pop in a delicious cornbread hemp CBD gummy to take the edge off and ignore all the people taking selfies next to pumpkin stands. And guess what? Cornbread Hemp just rolled out new CBD sleep gummies. I'm so pumped to try them. Their CBD gummies for sleep are infused with USDA organic valerian root, chamomile, lavender, and full-spectrum hemp flower extract to help you fall asleep and stay asleep without the hangover. And that's an important part of it. Because you know what? You try to take some NyQuil, you're going to have a hangover. You're going to be sleepy. You're going to be tired. You're going to be feeling like shit all day. Don't do that. Get these instead. You can check them out and use our promo code Banjo, B-A-N-J-O, at checkout to get 25% off your order. You can get that or anything else they have on their website, cornbreadhemp.com. Check them out, and don't let yourself get caught off guard during spooky season. I, again, I cannot emphasize how believable it was at the time before you could Google something to figure out if it was real or look on social media to hear what other people think. This is like when the whole Marilyn Manson's missing a rib so he could suck his God. came out. Like, and people didn't know that that, I still don't know <laughs> if that was real or not. I still don't know if Marilyn Manson's <laughs> missing a rib. I'm wondering if this is a Heidi thing or if this is just, you've met my, I, I know, we're, we're, I have to talk to you about my dog real quick. You've met Big Dog, right? Yes. I know, but yeah, I'm familiar. So I'm wondering if this is a Heidi thing or if this is a dog's thing and if Frank has done this. Every time I have any food, it's not just that Heidi comes up to me. There's this air to her, like this presumption that it's for her or that I'm going to share. And like, it's cute sometimes, but sometimes I'm just like, where do you get off? Why are you mm -hmm. so entitled? It's called entitlement, yes. and it's rampant in men, too. Yeah. Well. That's <laughs> that's why it's so easy for women to detect. Hey, I mean, look, Heidi acts like a man, so that's fair. She farts like a man. But the, the original question was, does Frank do it also? And I think the answer is is a, a resounding yes. Um. He thinks that he is the cutest boy in school. He's not wrong. He is not wrong. <laughs> and so he makes the big giant eyes and he'll just he doesn't he doesn't whine. He doesn't beg vocally. He just will put his chin on my knee and just look at me just like, hey, I'm here. I have witnessed that. You want to give me something? So our dogs have two very different approaches. That one's cute. It's, <laughs> it's the hey, just let just little gentle nudges. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Just letting you know that this this is cute. Right. Whereas Heidi, it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> weird. So it is a vocal. It's vocal begging. I mean, it gets to that point. It doesn't start out at that point, but if it progresses far enough, like I've got some Pringles over here today. And once, you know, once you pop up on Don't Stop, well, I pull one out and like 
she thinks she's getting it. And I maybe gestured a little bit too heavily towards her with the chip. So kind of like there's that, that inkling of hope. Boy. Oh, and then you're like, the douche. <laughs> and then I had to give her one. You know what's spooky, Chuck? I, um, mm, uh, student loans being due again. Uh, uh, the 2024 election. Yeah, that does give me the frights. Twitter in general, lots of most things in life, just in general, right now. It's kind well, of ble- interest rates. Yes. I'm gonna go as interest rates. For I think that's a really good answer. Um, Thank you. Sorry, but that is not, not the answer that I was going to say. The answer that I was going to say was Appalachia. Most people think that Appalachia is pretty spooky and Thrillist. You know, they're really big. They're like a big kind of pop culture website. Um, They do a lot of listicles and things like that. Uh, Well, they put out a listicle today that is about eight places that prove Appalachia is America's haunted playground. And I love that because we are a haunted playground. Well, as any TikTok video would tell you that if you set one foot in the Appalachian wilderness, you will die, be murdered, or be haunted for the rest of your life. Trust them. They know they have an iPhone. Uh, yeah, th- but there are some legitimately horrifying places in Appalachia, some of which I've been to, some of which I have not. Uh, my backyard growing up was one of those places. It was really? scary as fuck. Yeah. Uh, it, we had... Um, I think it was like about like an acre. It wasn't like a ton, but it was more than like a suburban lot by any means. And uh, at night, we didn't have any streetlights. So at night, it was dark as shit. Yeah. So I would like to nominate my childhood home because when you look out like on the porch, it is just pitch black darkness until you go through the woods and get to the neighbor's house. So it's really scary at night. And one time, I probably told this story before, but one time uh, I was... We had Daisy, our old basset hound. This was probably when I was in middle school. And uh, my dad was taking the dog out to go to the bathroom before before we went upstairs to go to bed and went out on the back porch. And the dog, like, ran over, turned the corner, and was sniffing underneath the uh, porch stairs, like the stairs going up to the back porch. And my dad was like, oh, this is weird. Let's go check it out. He finds a man sitting underneath our stairs clutching my dog dirt bike tire because we had had it off the the motorcycle frame like the frame to put a to work on or something i think we need to put a new sprocket in it and uh he was holding on to my dirt bike tire like going to steal it but then he heard the door open and tried to hide wow which is hor. i would have pissed my pants if it were me going outside my dad i just heard my dad going what in the fuck <laughs> What did the guy do? Uh, he like apologized and ran away. I and bet. My, well, my dad told him to get the hell out of there before he called the cops. But he's trying Honestly, to my very charitable of your dad. Yeah, he's a more he's a big guy, but a non confrontational one, and one yeah. that is willing to give second chances. Well, that's very nice. Um, hero, unspoken hero is Daisy. Love that. Yeah, what a a queen, a queen. absolute basset hound queen. Yeah, taken from us too soon. Yeah. R.I.P. Daisy. Okay, so this first thing on the list is cycling with spirits on chilling southeast Ohio rail trails. So 
these um, that they're talking about specifically are in MacArthur, Ohio, or at least they like credit it to MacArthur, Ohio. Um, but it's super creepy. Um, Moonville, which I love the name of that town, was briefly populated by mining families and railroad workers in the 1800s, but it hardly ever exceeded 100 residents. One reason for that was that there was never actually any roads leading to it, only the Marietta and Cincinnati Railroad, which many town folk traversed on foot and subsequently met their ends doing so. So more than 20 people have died from falling from the suspended stretch of the of the railroad, and even more were killed in head-on train collisions or maybe mysteriously found themselves belly up on the tracks. Yikes. That's terrible. These rail trails are very scary, especially if you're in them at night. I haven't been to the ones in Ohio, been to the ones, some of them in West Virginia and Cairo, North Bend Rail Trail, I've been on a lot. Lots of people ride their bikes on it. They're these, to to give you a picture, a mental image for those listening, they're trails, but they lots of them have these big tunnels because they were rail trails. They were part of the, the B&O Railroad, I believe, uh, and were built during the Civil War, or maybe even before. Um, and they're just these big, like, dark tunnels like these brick tunnels that go underneath these large overpasses and they're long like like many of them will will last for i don't know probably several hundred feet and they're terrifying like even during the daytime the the middle of the day they're yeah i probably yeah i I don't think that i would cycle on a rail trail anyway unless i was in like a like a peloton of people I, I can't. I yeah. I, I would go there to hunt for the Mothman if someone was with me. But this next one, yeah. my favorite. We've talked about it before. North Carolina's mysterious brown mountain lights. See, this is another one of those where like I had not heard of it until you brought it up. But they're wild. Yeah. So no one knows how, like, what they are, how they get there, what it is that is the phenomenon. But um, they are these kind of like luminous orbs that cast in like an eerie glow over North Carolina's Brown Mountain. So the ghost lights have been perplexing people forever. Some people think they're swamp gas. Some people think they are spirits. Other people think that it's some sort of reflection, you know, trick of the light. Um But even the U.S. government remains stumped on the source of the lights, conducting several different investigations over the past century through or or sorry, though their reports say that the lights are most likely not of unusual nature or origin. A clear cause has never been identified. Serious question is swamp gas. Is that ghost farts? (laughs) I really hope so. Because. That would make this whole story very wild and also very rational. Brown mountain lights are brown. Okay, hello from the butt. Ghost farts. Yeah. Uh, solve the mystery. You're welcome, U.S. government. Done. So if you want to see these for yourself, if you want to go see the ghost farts, <laughs> um, the best vantage points um, are at the Brown Mountain Overlook between mile markers 20 and 21 on Highway 181. I I We need to do like a hajj there. Um and That'd go. I think we should do an on-site visit sometime. Maybe we'll do it for a pod retreat and we'll record it. And you and I will go ghost fart hunting. Perfect. And uh, we'll we'll do- make it a Patreon exclusive. So join, and then you'll be able to see some real good content. I'm positive. 
It'll be the funniest. All right. So number three on the list is get up close and personal with formerly incarcerated ghosts. This is from Petrus, Tennessee. Something about seeing a sprawling, neglected institutional complex surrounded by the rolling hills of Appalachia cloaked in a fall mist sends chills down the spine. It sure does. Um, Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary was Tennessee's first maximum security prison. And it went down in movie history by housing the headline-making criminal Dr. Hannibal Lecter. But the site is probably best known for James Earl Ray's very real prison break. So in 1977, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassin jumped a fence with six other inmates and remained at large for two and a half days. Bloodhounds eventually sniffed him out, revealing his hiding place under a pile of leaves. Maybe Daisy was among them, um, but more than eight miles from the prison. Okay, so I don't actually have a funny story about this, but it. Every time I see the name James Earl Ray, I always, including this time, always get it confused with James Earl Jones, who is yes, the voice yeah. of Darth Vader. And so I was sitting here. Mm-hmm. And Mufasa. And, great point. And Mufasa. Uh, and I was sitting here <laughs> thinking, why the hell was Darth Vader in prison in Tennessee? And I'm like, oh, no, that's the guy that killed him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gonna have to brush up on my history there, brushy up on it. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, though, I would make the argument both Darth Vader and Mufasa do belong in prison. Darth Vader, in fact, murdered a bunch of children in, uh, well, it was really Anakin Skywalker, but let's be real, same guy. Uh, it was pretty fucked up, and people all just kind of papered over that, like, <laughs> well, that's Anakin. Anyway. Why Mufasa? Uh, oh, sorry. I was getting him confused with Scar. Clearly, I have problems with names today. That's fine. That's totally fine. Because I would Mufasa's have argued. Ag- I would have argued with you that Mufasa does not belong in prison. But instead, oh, I was arguing that Darth Vader does, and I thought I was arguing that Scar did, but Mufasa does not. Mufasa, may he rest in peace. So I actually have a funny story about this next one. Great. I love this one's great. So I first. Well, I'll just tell you this. This next one is Searching for the Blair Witch in Maryland's Black Hills. This is Burkett's Holy film, f- Maryland. fucking shit. I know, it's so good. So, since 1999, paranormal enthusiasts have frequented an unassuming Maryland town looking for the ghost of Ellie Kedward, a.k.a. the Blair Witch. And the fact that Kedward is a fictionalized character concocted by the makers of the 1999 indie cult classic doesn't stop swarms of horror movie fans from searching for Kedward's spirit in the Black Hills outside of Burkittsville each year. So this guy, I, I, I was maybe, this is my first haunted house ever. I was maybe eight years old and they told the story of the Blair Witch and I had never seen the movie, obviously. And I thought this was real. Yeah. And we I, all did. This was before the internet. It's horrifying. I'm more scared in my life. Like I'm eight years old. I went to a haunted house. I'm in a group with like my parents. I'm so scared. I'm like clutching my mom and dad's arms. Like get me the hell out of here. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I thought it was 100% legit and real. The Blair Witch Project is Our Generation's War of the Worlds by Orson Welles. So if you don't know, that was aired on radio and it was this this uh, uh, alien 
um, Invasion, and people thought it was real, but it was a drama. T- it was an audio drama on radio in like the forties or something. People were like legit, like horrified that it was real, and there. And then yeah, we're supposed like, haha, just kidding, this joke. Uh, anyway, w- this is before the internet was a thing. Like this is yeah, like right before it took off. You have such a, that's a, that is an excellent point, sir. I like genuinely think that you're right because I, I would have bet my life on it. <laughs> oh, me too. And that I, would I was never like go to Maryland. Nine. I was never going to go to Maryland. It didn't even connect for me that it was in Maryland. I just remember like this was really like the first found footage horror movie that that caught traction where it looks legit. And I was like nine when it came out, and I was at a sleepover. My friend Chris's house for his birthday. All of us there, and like. Blair Witch is all that we could fucking talk about in fourth grade, even though I certainly was not allowed to watch it, but Alex was. And he was running around the house with a flashlight on his face going, Blair Witch, Blair Witch, Blair Witch. It, it was kind of weird. It was actually really weird, but we were like nine, so it's fine. Anyway, we didn't realize that Chris was not around us at the time. It was very strange. We didn't actually realize that, but then we went and we, uh, we were walking through his hallway, and he opened the closet door. It blasted out of the closet door, just screaming at the top of his lungs, Blair Witch. And I peed. I did that time <laughs> nobody knew i hit it but i peed and that was horrifying that movie scared the living fuck out of me and it wasn't till at a minimum of six years later that i realized that yeah. it was not real it was like to this day yeah. very convinced a hundred percent i i this this must be a shared collective trauma that we have just tapped into <laughs> yeah we need yeah, to we unpack do. that shit because like it was like real yeah. fucked and it just i again i cannot emphasize how believable it was at the time before you could google something to figure out if it was real or look on social media to hear what other people think this is like when the whole marilyn manson's missing a rib so he can suck his God. dick when came out like and people didn't know that that i just still don't know if that was real or not I still don't know if <laughs> Marilyn Manson's missing a rib. I'm looking it up right now. God, I, I remember that. You could, th- before the internet, you could just say shit. Marilyn Manson has not had any ribs removed, nor any other Fake. bone in his body. At Fucking. one point many years ago, he had a very slight procedure performed to reduce the size of his earlobes. <laughs> but aside from necessary medical procedures, you that's could, pretty much it. Back before the internet, you could make shit up. And if you went to summer camp, you could spread it throughout the world. That's my theory for another day. That summer camp caused all theories to start before the internet. Anyway. This is such an. I'm like looking at related pictures. Of Marilyn Manson's ribs. <laughs> There's just this one like stock image of a doctor and a patient in a bed, and somebody's like very poorly photoshopped <laughs> Marilyn Manson's like like face on the patient, and it's like a very serious picture, and he's in like show. I hope that when he dies, he donates his body to like the some music hall of fame and that they can put like his ribs on display so that it will finally settle yeah the debate forever. yeah that'll be the you know but that would be something that he would do he would be like just take my spinal cord and my ribs and just put that yeah, on display somewhere display yeah 
That would he's yeah, dark. He That's some dark shit, but I'm here for it. Uh he seems like kind of a fucked up dude. But Are yeah. you ready for the next dark story in our dark saga? Can it get any darker than Blair Witch? I don't know. Hopefully. We'll see. I actually don't know that it can. So who knows where we're going from here? So the next one is find out what haunts the Trans Allegheny Asylum in Weston, West Virginia. So the tiny industrial town of West and West Virginia lays claim to Appalachia's most famous psychiatric hospital. We have mentioned it several times on this podcast. Like many institutions of its era, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum features long, rambling wings joined by a looming clock tower top central block. And the enormous complex sits on, wait for it, 666 impeccably manicured acres i also i just want to say um lunatic asylum we do not endorse that ableist language but that is what it's called here i just want to say i feel like it's very <laughs> telling of uh the era and time that it was in operation because uh mental institutions at that time were so fucked and if yeah if you were like had down syndrome there's some place where they would just throw you on the streets mm-hmm or lobotomize you. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then throw you on the Just street. Just to tame you, to, to calm you down. And what's even more horrifying about this and what I think is probably what makes it so haunted is that at its most extreme, the asylum was packed with thousands of patients, which was which at times exceeded its 250-person capacity tenfold. What? Where the fuck is the fire marshal? Right? Yeah. What in the hell? Okay, first of all, land of the free, home of the fucked up. How is this shit allowed to happen in in America? I shouldn't ask that. I mean, we had slavery for God's sake. Yep. Uh, this, I feel like, okay, I will make this argument, um, if I may have the soapbox for a second. We, there is not enough discussion around how, like, mental health has been treated in this country especially mental health patients and and uh, adults and children with developmental disabilities because I remember just learning about places like the Trans-Allegheny Asylum, which I have not yet been to, but I would like to go in and visit it. Uh, just how fucked up like the treatment is, and it's unbelievable when you hear about it. You know, Have you ever watched American Horror Story? No, I, I'm too scared. Uh, it's it's it. Some seasons are hit or miss, but the second season is really good. It's called a It's actually really dark. It's called Asylum, and like while it's dramatized, and there's something about like Nazi war doctors and shit. There is some truth to the treatment of some of those patients in it. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie called Sucker Punch um, that I feel like delves into like hysteria and women and like how women were treated in in asylums and how women with spirit were lobotomized and it's like a really i mean there's there's so so many bad things that happen but that those are two i mean that's like a good place to start to look at those but um yeah that's like very very dark and it's a very worthy soapbox rant ready for the next one are you ready to go to hell I'm just, I kind of feel like some days we're already there, but yep. take me there, Callie. Take me to hell. Feel the heat emanating from Pennsylvania's eternal underground inferno. Oh, yes. yes. This, is, this is a wild one. This one's this a great a one. So we were, this is in Centralia, Pennsylvania. 
uh, which is a once buzzing borough in eastern Pennsylvania perched on the edge of Appalachian territory, has bid adieu to 99.5% of its local population since the early 60s. Why? An abandoned coal mine nestled deep beneath the town's desolate streets caught fire and has been burning ever since. Shit. This, okay, this is another one of those where I haven't seen it yet, but I want to go there and I want us to go there and film like a reel or something. That sounds so lame. Do something more than a reel. But it's still, fil- it's it's still like burning, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it's still going. Yeah, like, so we, you could go why? to it. You could go to it. But in 2020, the proprietors laid the post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic attraction to rest, burying Boo. it under tons of soil that they hope will one day regenerate new woodlands, which is bullshit. Um, <laughs> because the, all of the studies say that you can't grow anything on abandoned mine land. Uh, that has been evident since 1980s, since the 1980s, I guess. Okay, I'm just going to say I am against them burying hell. I know, controversial take. I don't give a shit. So this, what you're doing is burying economic development, tourism, and history. You have something that is a phenomenon, something that, I mean, why else would you go to Centralia, Pennsylvania? Listeners, tell us. I don't think there is another reason. Nope. I, I'm just pissed off about it. I'm, I think I'm just, that's where I land on this. I'm pissed off about it. I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm lonely about this. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just, and you know what? I kind of feel bad for hell in this case because, like, that's this one opening to the outside world, and somebody just said, fuck it, and filled in a hole. I don't know where I'm going with this. All I know is that I wanted to go, and I'm pissed off that it's closed. Well, this I'm next finding one this out gives a time. potential next option for hell evacuees. Okay, I'm. you've got me hooked. So the next one is Wander the Darkness Inside Mammoth Cave. Have you ever been? Mammoth. I've been to the gift shop to get my godson a vest. That is weirdly specific. Why? <laughs> uh, he likes hiking and camping and stuff, and he liked national parks, and I was driving home to Parkersburg, and I was like, hey, I'll stop here and get him something. Well, that's nice. So this is Edmondson County, Kentucky. Uh, and I've never been, I would really, really like to go, but Appalachia happens to have a high concentration of these caves. They're including the world's longest mammoth cave is in West central Kentucky and it spans 420 miles. Y'all more than twice the size of the second longest Sistema Sacatun in Mexico. Suck it, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, my uncle used to work there. Uh, has no bearing on this story, but Mammoth Cave is pretty dope. I, I don't really have anything else to add to that, but I like it. Well, what's really fun is that research, new research suggests that ca- these underground tunnels are in fact much longer than we even originally estimated that 420 miles. Um, explorers and scientists are discovering new passages. Like, you know, we may have like a fork in the road and we've only gone left and they're finding new stuff to the right every day. Um, And so just this past October, the National Park Service announced the discovery of a tooth from a previously undocumented petalodont 
or petal tooth shark encased in the cave walls. That's wild. That's awesome. I think that's pretty fucking exciting. Suck it again, Mexico. They can't compete with that. The last on our list, number eight, is the most tried, the most true. It is the Mothman. A king, an icon, a soldier, God's soldier. What I mean, what else can you say about it other than, have you been, by the way, have you been to Point Pleasant? I have been to Point Pleasant oh, a God. long time ago, and I didn't take a picture, uh, but I've not seen I've not seen the Mothman statue. Oh, oh man, we we've got to remedy that problem. Yeah this this is not just our list this week. This is a list of places that Chuck <laughs> wants to go and take us to. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> become it, yes, evident. Absolutely. Am I gonna find an excuse to go to these places? You bet. I'm actually really upset that I was like not feeling well when I was at Big Ideas Fest and I didn't go to the Mother Goose house. It's so funny. It was fun. When I went, there were like just two little dogs like piled on top of each other in the window peering out. It was so adorable. That is so fucking cute. Oh my yeah. God. Ugh. This is a great list. Uh, thank you, Thrillist, for Thrillist, uh-huh, for putting it together and Callie for, for finding it. That was beautiful, and um, like I said, I want to go to all these places, and I hope if you've been to them, let us know. Yeah. Info at appodlatcha.com. Send us pics. Pics or it doesn't happen. No dick pics, though, please. Um, okay, so I need you to rev, rev yourself up, okay? Rev myself up for this ad read? Okay, I can do it. I'm ready. Let, let's let it rip. Uh, so this is a stand-up comedy routine. Um, a bad one that I have written for you to deliver in a good way. <laughs> okay, I t- buckle up, listeners. Okay. Do I read the thing in parentheses? Yes. Okay. Parentheses. The comedian, I guess that's, that's me, you. steps onto the stage with a cup of coffee in hand and a mischievous grin. He is ready, he is eager, he is caffeinated. Good evening, ladies and gents. How's everybody doing tonight? You know, I was just sipping on some Red Rooster coffee earlier, and let me tell you, that stuff's like a like a rocket fuel. One sip, and you'll be doing the Charleston in your living room. <laughs> yep, that dance. But did you know they're not just about brewing a mean cup of joe? Oh, no, they're the neighborhood superheroes. They're like the Avengers, but with more caffeine and fewer capes. hey yo. As a family business, they're all about building a vibrant local community. They're hiring locals, providing living wages, and even offering full health care benefits. What's more funny than that? I mean, who needs a doctor when you've got a good barista, right? (laughs) And get this, in 2018, they licensed an on-site daycare for their employees' kids. Whew. Kids. I mean, that's taking coffee break to a whole new level. Mommy, I want a latte with an extra shot of chocolate milk, please. Arr. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this this would slay, would slay with the elementary school crowd. Slay with <laughs> But wait, there's more audience booze. <laughs> Their coffee beans are sourced responsibly. Gay. <laughs> Sorry. Like, they're the guardians of the rainforest. Wow. These <laughs> fucking liberals. 
organic and fair trade, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm performing at Joe Rogan's club, apparently. It's like every sip is a little hug for the planet. God, Plus, they're supporting farmers in the countries of origin. Stop foreign aid. What have I said? Sick and tired of our tax dollars going to people that aren't American. It's like each cup is a ticket to a global charity event. What did I tell you? Move over, Bill Gates. We've got Red Rooster Coffee here. Take your vaccines and go home. So, folks, the next time you need to pick me up, skip the energy drink and head over to Red Rooster. You'll only you'll not only get a caffeine boost that can rival a space shuttle launch. Wow, that's a bold <laughs> claim. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, but that is a bold claim. Okay, well, NASA's not here to comment. And neither is Mark <laughs> Kelly, so we're going to take that as true. But you'll also be supporting a business that's making a world a better place one cup at a time. And if you're lucky, maybe they'll f throw in a free dance lesson with every purchase. Dance lessons are not included in a purchase. That's a callback. Hey. That, yeah, that is. <laughs> so you can use our code DOLLY to get free shipping on your order from Red Rooster Coffee. Ugh, RedRoosterCoffee.com. That was excellent. It is good. It won't make you good at comedy, but it will at least make you awake, alert, enthusiastic, and enjoying life. You are welcome, everyone, for the family-friendly jokes. Yeah, that was a free comedy routine. All right? <laughs> free. We're doing a lot of dramatic reading in this, and I'm about to have you do a dramatic reading of something that happened today that was really very foreseeable <laughs> so shocking it's insulting that it's even under the radar but it is but it is it is and uh i would really love if you would throw yourself into the role and if you would read donald trump's endorsement tweet yes. of jim justice am i reading it as donald trump or as you're jim reading justice? it as donald Tr oh actually you know Dealer's Choice. Oh, man. Both of them are going to be cringy. I'm just warning you right now. <laughs> I feel like I do a slightly better Jim Justice, but I got to I gotta get into it. I can't just, like, go off, like... So do we uh, need to just talk uh, a little bit? Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so I just got to work. Ah, ah, baby, dog, dog, ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. I, I sound like... I don't know what I... I sound like a Sandhill Crane. I think <laughs> it, so it sounds really accurate right. to me. Baby dog. It's going to be cringe. So just buckle up, folks. Big Jam Justice, the governor of the great state of West Virginia. I love West Virginia. It's big in every way, but especially in his wonderful heart. Heart emoji. Strong on the border. Our great military and vets. Clean coal and energy dominance. The economy stopping inflation and protecting our Second Amendment rights. Big Jim will be a great United States senator. That's senator. Right. And has my complete and turtle endorsement. He will never let you down. Unbelievable. <laughs> a reading from... The Book of Trump. The Book of Truth. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Amen and Let amen. Let us pray. First of all, uh, clean coal, not a thing. Good uh, first flag, yeah. Invented, invented by the coal industry. Um, 
again, found a, a place where Donald Trump and I agree. I too love West Virginia. Uh, I don't think that's true yeah. from him, but we're, you know what? We're, it was a truth, so how could it be false? Uh, this is not surprising because even though Big Jim's running against Alex mm. Mooney, who like basically just jerks off to pictures of Donald Trump yeah. every night, Big Jim went out on a limb mm. Mm, for Donald Trump in in the early aughts, right after the 2016 election, he hedged his bets and switched parties to a Republican. Because if you all will recall, back in the dark ages of 2016, Jim Justice ran as a Democrat yep. and won. And uh, which was, I never liked him, never believed he was a Democrat, just for the record. I, I am not one of those people that thought Donald Trump was going to win. I didn't. But I did think that Jim Justice was never a yeah. Democrat. Anyway, uh he went out and he switched parties. It was very early on. It was still, it was like right after his election, right after his inauguration. Yeah. Uh, so he went He went out and he, 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 you know, pledged fealty to him. And now he's cashing in on that, especially at a time where Big Jim in a little bit of hot water in the polls because I saw that, you know, he's always been beating Jim Manchin in the polls, but there were some that ran as, or it's, there were some that were published that hypothetically had Joe Manchin running as yeah. an independent. And that closed the gap significantly, I think. It was within single digits at that point, like pretty pretty close. Like still still a far enough gap, but pretty close. And, uh, you know, Jim's going to take a few hits with a lot of this financial stuff that's coming out about him, how he doesn't pay anybody and, you know, the whole helicopter thing we talked yeah. about last week. But, yeah, so, um, you know, that that's where that is. Not surprising, but... You know, it's a good old boys club and these corrupt businessmen like to stick together until they have to go against each other, in which case they'll bite each other's dicks. Yeah, this was extremely predictable. Um, I do think that Alex Mooney is weeping in his shower right now um, so that he can't tell what's water. <laughs> um, but I, I think... L what is he... Wait, 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 time out. What is he listening to as he's chewing on his soap and crying? He's got to have a song playing. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. No <laughs> notes. Knocked it out. All right. So, yeah, I, I just I think it's so predictable that this happened. Um, you're 100 percent right that it's to kind of paper over a lot of the problems that he has going on for him right now. And I think that when we look back, I mean, bringing up 2016, I had a conversation this week that really illuminated for me just how recent a democratic majority existed here and how far that we have we've gone away you know that in 2014 like that was the first year that the house of delegates was not a democratic-led house in west virginia in like 70 something years i mean i hadn't considered that really since 2016 because everything felt like a landslide all at once and so to think back on jim justice being a democrat is almost like surreal to even think about it was definitely the dino effect democrat in name only and he switched parties to democrat not that long before running for governor because at the time a Democrat hadn't or a Republican hadn't been elected governor in West Virginia since uh, uh, oh Cecil Underwood in like the nineties. 
So yeah, it's not it's not surprising. It is just you know par for the course at this point. But the one thing that it is is it it is a huge boost to Jim Justice. I mean that West Virginia is one of the places where a Donald Trump endorsement makes a massive difference, and would absolutely make a difference between like he wasn't Alex Mooney wasn't really gaining on him in the primary. I don't believe, but this really solidifies it. And I think um. Didn't Donald Trump endorse Alex Mooney when he ran against uh oh what's yes. his face in the congressional yes, race? God, I can't even think of his name. McKinley, yeah. David McKinley. And that's what that's what did it. That and he he, you know, had the audacity to vote in favor of the infrastructure bill, yeah. God forbid. No, I think we're gonna see um we're gonna see a hell of a fight here next year. Um depending on what Joe Manchin does. There are what will he do, Callie? Let's have a weekly segment called What Will This be, Year What or, Will Old Joe this Do? Week, um this week I'm my gut feeling is that he's gonna retire. Next week, who knows? I I Next week, who knows? I change I change my ideas every week because Joe Manchin, that's what he wants you to be doing. He wants you to be thinking about him and changing your mind about him constantly. Loves it. He loves when you're it, he gets off to us talking about him, which is disgusting, mm-hmm. but it is true and we have to accept fact. I think maybe next week he's going to be going to Netflix headquarters to a biopic type set. Who knows? Uh, I think that him being in charge of WVU still is a realistic possibility. Uh, I will say that it sounds like he's out potentially of the no labels thing. Did you hear about this? No, I haven't heard any news on no labels. Well, I was listening to the Focus Group podcast, which is a fantastic podcast run by the Bulwark. It's it's centrists on left and right. Um, think what you want about that, but they do a really good show, and the Focus Groups are really fascinating and they're really eye opening. Uh, but they were talking about how uh, they were doing a no labels Focus Group, not for them, but just trying to like gauge what a third party would look like. It's gonna be a disaster. Anyway, I think no labels came out and said that they would have a Republican as the head of the ticket. And Hmm. because of that, it was unlikely that Joe Manchin was in the running because there's no way that Joe Manchin would ever play second fiddle on a presidential ticket. He's either the top or nothing at all. So unless Joe Manchin would switch parties. That makes sense. That makes sense to me based on what I have heard about no labels. I mean, the... The last news I heard was that they were getting annoyed with Joe Manchin waffling. Hey, (laughs) welcome to the club. Welcome to being a constituent in West Virginia, buddy. Wow. Or literally anybody that follows federal politics. Yeah. So um, that would make that would track with that news that I heard. So tracks big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I again, I don't I don't think he was ever going to actually do that because he doesn't run races he can't win because yeah. the the last thing joe manchin would ever in his life want is to lose a political campaign which i don't believe he ever has yeah i don't think i i, I agree with you i don't think he wants to lose i think especially this late in his career he wants oh, to finish yeah. strong yeah to yeah. go out on a loss that would just be like uh, it would just be bad. And I mean, for someone like Joe Manchin, who's got a massive ego, that that's like one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Yeah, absolutely. Worse. Than we shall see. Sinking. Yeah, we shall see. We're going to we're going to make it like a weekly segment or monthly or whatever. We're going to keep track of it for you all, because why the hell not? It's funny. We should do like a we should every week we should do a different graphic and then get closer and closer. 
like a, like a bracket. I oh my god, we should do a March Madness bracket of the most absurd shit. Yeah, of what's I'm happening. I'm gonna make that. One of them's gonna be like him, uh, being the next spokesperson for like Wheaties, or gonna star in like a Mighty Ducks movie, or yeah. I don't know, whatever else. I know you have to go to your baby. Anyway, I'm going to stop bullshitting. I love it. Oh, oh well, it's been a hell of an episode, Callie. I hope that you uh, have been having having fun over there in West Va. And uh, take care of that baby, take care of that dog, and live your dream. Thank you. None of the views expressed on this show are reflective of the views of either Chuck or Callie's employers, and they never, ever will be. They are simply our opinions expressed on this show. And that is it.